making those mistakes so many times <laughs> early in my career taught me to have the confidence that I have today. You know, a lot of times you have the answer and especially when you have that particular gut feeling that something's wrong, you have to trust that. Like you have to trust it and you have to fight for it. Welcome back to the Inspired Execution Podcast. Each episode shares the experience and learnings of a world-class leader on their journey to success. The guests on this podcast are bold, brilliant, and not afraid to change. As you navigate your own path, we hope you feel inspired by their stories, lessons learned, and the vision of the future. Today, we are joined by two awesome guests, Anna and Dave from Packet Fabric. Anna co-founded Packet Fabric in 2015 and currently serves as the company's chief technology and product officer. Dave joined the company as CEO in 2020. We talked about why your business is only as strong as your network and how you need to trust yourself through your journey and lots more. You do not want to miss this. Anna and Dave, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks, Chet. Thanks for having us, Chet. Let's start with a bit of background. Anna, you co-founded Packet Fabric and have been there for six plus years. Dave joined as CEO two years ago. Dave, what inspired you about Packet Fabric? Honestly, Chet, what inspired me was a completely fresh take on software-defined networking. What inspired me about Packet Fabric is not only that they had invented ground-up cloud-native software-defined networking platform, but they also operated a network. And those two pieces that came together said, wait a minute, the two founders, Anna and Jezebel, really understood what it meant to build a software-defined internet. Let's double-click on software-defined networking for a minute. Enterprise networks are vital in keeping your business connected. But they're struggling to keep up with the demands of digital business. More data video, and voice. More mobile users, devices, and cloud services. And more online threats. Why? A network is made up of lots of different boxes, called routers and switches. It functions a bit like an old toy train set, where each piece of track controls how traffic is managed and forwarded. It needs to be set up by hand, which takes time, is costly, and is prone to human error. And each piece of track isn't smart enough to know what the rest of the track looks like or how it's performing. Adding more capacity or capabilities, such as to support more traffic, means adding more of those routers and switches, which means more time, cost, and complexity. The software-defined network is different. It works by virtualizing the network, giving you new levels of visibility and control. Simply put, it moves control of the network away from all the individual pieces to a centralized dashboard, saving time and cost and reducing risk. Think a network built for digital business, for the cloud, for innovation, full speed ahead. Anna, Having started a few companies and grown them, getting to a point where you bring in someone like Dave is not the easiest decision, right? There's a lot that happens. How did you know Dave was the guy? 
Well, it's actually really pretty simple. It's just that he believed in the vision and there wasn't a lot of complication. It was just like, yeah, this is great. This makes sense. And so someone who really gets and understands your vision is, that is probably one of the most complicated things. So if you have that solved, everything else tends to be easier. How did you make sure that he really, really got it, right? Because you can get it, right? And then you have got to really, like, it's got to seep in. It's got to be part of the blood flow, right? It's got to be in every cell of your body, right? How did you do that? So he had already tried to do this at Cisco and failed. And that's how you know somebody really gets what you're trying. If they've been like, yeah, I've been there. I've done that. I've tried it. I know how it goes wrong. And this is the right way. Yeah. That's awesome. That's great. There wasn't a wrong avenue I hadn't tried. Anna was nice. She, she could have really slayed me right there and said, there wasn't a mistake that guy didn't do. And I actually do believe this as a leadership technique, shared experience, of course, that's normal human nature. But for a deep technologist like Anna, it has to be a shared experience towards building something. Because there's one common thread through an engineering mindset. It's you build your way to build a business. And so we came together and really made the full economics of having a programmable internet into a business. We're not just going for a technology of disruption of software-defined networking, but it's also the business disruption of how you can do connectivity and make it cloud-like and on-demand in real time. And so with that shared experience of, of how to bring that notion of let's make the buying experience and the consumption experience like the cloud was a, was a great first shared experience for Ann and I to have together. So one of the things that we land up doing when we shape new companies that are very disruptive is we either create a new segment of users or we quickly transform an old segment of users into becoming new, right? We, we reskill them and we don't start by talking about it that way. We just talk about where the future is going to be and we keep talking about where the future is going to be and we take them along. Cloud first for networking folks seems like a massive jump. Right. And so how did you think about it and how do you effectively make people feel comfortable enough and say, no, it's not as scary as you think? It's really interesting because the early adopters were the hardcore network engineers. And the more hardcore, the easier it was for them to get because they were basically already at the point. They knew they wanted something like this. Not that necessarily anybody could articulate it, but most network engineers who have been in the game long enough understood fundamentally nothing has changed. I did frame relay and ISDN circuit provisioning when I was 14. That was like my first job. Nothing has changed between provisioning an ISDN line in 1996 and provisioning a 100 gig wave today. It's the same exact process. The only thing that has changed is the speed. And anyone who's done that long enough under, like, just inherently understood there's something very incompatible with how we're doing networking and the current environment of compute and cloud and, the pro and just the rapid progress that all technology is trying to make. The network is not keeping up. It's like technology has a Ferrari body and a VW engine under the hood. There was something that was very wrong. So you show them this better way and they're like, yep, this is it. It was no questions. It was just, it was instant acceptance. So it was really taking the probably the most knowledgeable users and having them be our biggest advocates. Like we had almost no sales and marketing for the first few years. Everything was word of mouth. 
And it was our customers who were our biggest advocates. I would have not thought of it that way, right? That's not generally how it happens. It's really interesting. It is appealing to the most knowledgeable and hardcore set of users is something that doesn't typically happen with a brand new tech because they're entrenched in the old ways. And so that, it was interesting to me too. I honestly didn't know that that would happen. I had from feedback we'd gotten from friends and family Everybody loved it. And so I was just was like, oh, well, these people know us. They get it. It won't necessarily be like that every time, but turns out it was. That's awesome. So I love your tagline. Your business is only as strong as your network, right? I just absolutely love that. Now, Dave, this is for you. We get an elevator together. I'm the CEO of a Fortune 50 company and I'm not technical. And we're both going to the fourth floor, right? You have 30 seconds. What are you going to say to get my attention? My elevator pitch, as you're saying, is really talking to that C-level person from a Fortune 50. Is the intellectual property of your business running network infrastructure? If not, why do you own it? Why are you managing it? Why are you operating it? If it's not your intellectual property, let me just deliver to you as a service. And all of that complexity just vaporizes. And all of that cost just vaporizes. Anna, any variation on that? I would just ask them, how many times have you been doing a project and heard the words, we're waiting on the network? And because everybody, every single person in an organization has that story of, we had this huge product launch, internal project, whatever it is, and we had to wait an additional two months because there was something wrong with turning up the network. And I just say, well, you can do that now in two minutes. So how would it feel to never wait for the network again? Both of you have had phenomenal careers. Dave, you drove Cisco's core innovation program. You've done a lot. How did Cisco prepare you to be a CEO? What Cisco just ingrained in my brain is customers come first and solving customer needs come first. Now, I had a very fantastic career there. I basically was building Cisco's big iron optical equipment and also was uh, the chief architect in charge of iOS XR, which is still shipping today on top of their telco equipment. And you have to realize that almost all that equipment was built for and with all of the largest telcos in the world. And so I got to really understand not only what it takes to build those devices, but the challenges they have in transforming the network in themselves, be a part of not only the sales process externally, but really the sales process internally of how to move a product and portfolio end-to-end to to build those needs or solve those needs. Now, on the other side of this, the innovation side, not only having a deep technology background, but also deep interaction with sales and running large teams and being able to operationalize very, very large projects, both small projects as well. But in this case, look, we're moving a company. There's no bigger project than trying to build a company. And so all of those pieces, plus the mentorship and support of all those executives that have been there and in in my career all along. Now, Chet, just between you and me, heck, man, I saw you do it a bunch of times. So I figured if Chet can do it, anybody can do it. By the way, I say that every morning, every morning. If I can do it, anybody can do it, right? (laughs) The bar is really low. Anna, this is not your first startup. You founded other companies. What is the biggest mistake that you think you've made that has actually turned out to be your biggest strength? Oh, so many mistakes. So... I think my biggest mistake 
has by far been not trusting myself or, you know, just thinking that someone else actually has the right answer. And universally, that has been a mistake. And especially when you're younger, because my first startup was at 23. When you're younger, you're looking at all these other quite older, more experienced people in the room. And you're thinking that I don't really know what I'm talking about. Maybe I should defer. And almost universally, that has been a mistake. And making those mistakes so many times <laughs> early in my career taught me to have the confidence that I have today. You know, a lot of times you have the answer. And especially when you have that particular gut feeling that something's wrong, you have to trust that. Like you have to trust it and you have to fight for it because if you don't, you have nobody to blame but yourself. So having both the confidence and the ability to, art, to clearly articulate it and, and really go, you know, go to bat for the things that you believe in. That's awesome. Dave, what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? 100% what Anna just said, which is that there is absolutely no lock on good design patterns. And just because somebody is older absolutely does not mean that they have the right answers. They just have different experiences to get to an answer. Something that rages inside engineering cultures, which is often that the loudest voice wins. One, I don't like loudest voice wins. Second, nobody has to have the ultimate stellar resume to actually be successful. I've just seen tens of thousands of resumes, and some of them literally are picture-perfect, ultimate schools, perfect grades, and all the rest of it. But at the same time, 100%, I have hired more folks out of varying degree programs or no degree programs. People who understand logic and logic first, if you've got confidence, ambition, energy, and raw intelligence, you absolutely will succeed. That's most critical. Take the opportunity. Seize the opportunity and make an opportunity if there's not one in front of you. As the great Wayne Gretzky said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That's why we've never had an actual degree requirement on any of our job descriptions because it's not necessarily a good indicator of success. It's one of many, but it by itself means nothing. Dave, one word to describe yourself. Energy. Anna, one word you would use to describe Dave. Can I use two words? High energy. Okay, great. Anna, one word to describe yourself. Oh, dang, I can only think of two words again. Problem solver, that's my thing. We'll take that as one word. Okay, problem solver, one word. <laughs> Dave, one word that you would use to describe Anna. One word doesn't describe Anna. You don't get more than two. <laughs> So I'm going to actually say for one word, it's going to be balance. And she never would have expected me to say balance about her. And I, what I really appreciate about Anna is she is an excellent balance between IQ and EQ. And not many people can do that. You can't really sum that up in one word. But the ability to take her intelligence and the ability to take the emotional side of the brain, balance those together to come up and process both sides and come back. And so I say that because I've learned how to work with Anna, which is we need to have very clear conversations, direct conversations, whatever the case may be, technical business, HR, culture, on and on. We need to step back and process. Anna thinks about it and comes back to me with an incredibly well thought through suggestion, answer. And in general, I follow her suggestions because it's just so beautiful to see how the balance of IQ and EQ can work. 
I'm getting a little teary over here. She might be tearing up, but I know what's coming next. Dave, I'm not getting paid enough here, which <laughs> she's absolutely right. She's a national treasure. Now I'm going to ask you a few questions, and this is the rapid fire part. So please say the first thing that comes to mind. Dave, what are you world-class at? System design. Anna, how do you clear your mind? Running. How many miles do you run a week? Right now, I only do about 10 to 15. Dave, your favorite invention of all time? It's the wheel. That's awesome. What's your favorite invention? Because you have a lot of patents, right? What's your favorite invention? It's going to be a successful packet fabric. If I have to will it there forward, and, and Anna knows I have a lot of will, thank God she didn't choose that, wi- that word to, to describe me. I would have really gotten nervous. But, but right now, looking backwards, most of my patents that I have, and I, I guess I've got on, on the order of like 220, actually are all wrapped into iOS XR, which has been around now for 22 years and shipping for that long on all of that equipment. That embodies you know, my previous work. My current and future work is going to be embodied in the success of Packet Fabric. That's awesome. So everybody heard that. They knew who to blame for iOS XR. just want to make oh, sure 100%. that... <laughs> 100%. And look, I've had a target on my chest, but if you try and do big projects and you try and take bold steps and you actually try and innovate, you are painting a, a target on your chest that you're going to get a lot of arrows shot at you and you just have to be able to take it, defend it, argue why it's the right way to go forward, think through why it's the right way we'd go forward. So if you If you fancy yourself an innovator and somebody who really wants to change things, which all three of us do, it's got to come with thick skin. You expect the arrows, but don't look forward to the accolades, right? Because that's the balance. You shouldn't do it because you're looking for the accolades. I get them a lot for Apogee and a bunch of other things, but you should be ready for all the people that are going to tell you that it didn't work. And if you get the people that tell you how much it worked, that is just awesome. But you cannot do it for those reasons, right? And so totally agree. Anna, what new technology are you most excited about? Other than packet fabric. So this is actually a really tough question because we live in such a cool age. So CRISPR, especially where it's come since about 2020 to now, CRISPR is so exciting because we're finally taking a step forward. Like we've found the first rock that we're using as a blunt hammer with DNA and actually taking control of treating, like really treating illness, not just treating symptoms. Um, Medicine up until this point in time has just been the majority aside from like antibiotics and a few things are about treating symptoms. And now we're going to be able to actually look at how we treat causes. And then also like battery storage tech, any green tech in general, but battery storage tech is phenomenal because solid state batteries like enabling us to store more charge and a lighter form factor. And then also some of the really cutting edge stuff like a fabric that can actually hold a charge for like wearable type batteries. And some of this stuff is just so, I mean, it's super fascinating. I know it is. That's awesome. All right. Last question, Dave, one word that you think best describes great leaders. This has to be one word. Do I get a paragraph to explain it? No, you don't get a paragraph, (laughs) just a word. (laughs) Look, I'm gonna go old school on this and I'm gonna use a four letter word and it's love. And I say that because, and now I'm gonna say that paragraph, I don't care, Chet. It can't just be a desire to make money. It can't just be something as mundane as that. It has to be a love for the people that you brought together to make that vision and that strategy happen. It has to be a love for the problem that you want to solve, that not only is it an important problem, but one that needs solving. 
And then, of course, it's also the love of the drive. And there's nothing like that. It's a love of that passion. No, for sure. That's awesome. Anna, your one word. Passion, actually. It's funny. I was thinking how close Dave and I's words were going to be, but having passion enables a bunch of things in a leader. If you're passionate, other people will follow. Passion always gives you a North Star. If you really are passionate about something or you are naturally going to care about the outcomes, you're going to care about the people involved. It just, it drives a lot of all the positive things that are associated with leadership. This has been absolutely phenomenal. Dave, Anna, thank you very much for making time to do this. We deeply appreciate it. Thanks a ton, Chet, and thanks for keeping us both under control. You have a great voice. You're very gr good at doing these podcasts. Really kind of getting to some interesting questions that it was fascinating to also get to know Anna better just on this call, and we work together every day. You always got to keep people on their toes. Chet, your, your, your late-night DJ voice is truly phenomenal. <laughs> late-night DJ voice? No one's ever said that. That's awesome. That's a great compliment. My kids will actually like me so much better now. <laughs> Thank you again. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Inspired Execution Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like and subscribe. We have many more phenomenal guests and inspiring stories to come. So be sure to join us next time.